Welcome back. So I wanted to get this video out during the bye week at some point. Well, not the bye week, but you know what I mean. Like a, a extended week because the Giants played on Thursday. But there's a lot of discussions and even arguments about Daniel Jones and the quarterback position and where will the Giants go with that at the end of the season. Now, of course, there are six games left, which kind of surprised me. I was like, damn, only six games. But we're 11 games through. We know the Giants are kind of overachieving. They're 7-4, and four, but having lost two straight, people are losing their damn minds, and I get it. Giants have a huge game next week versus Washington, a game that is... Uh, Close to a must win. I would say it's the biggest game of the entire year so far. So, of course, the focus is on that. But just because we have the extended time, I do want to talk about the quarterback position. So, like, the reason I want to make this video is because there's people that act like they just know what goes through Joe Shane's mind. And, like, they're 100% sure of the outcome at the quarterback position. There are people that, even when the Giants were, like, 5-1 and one or 6-1, and one, there were people like, oh, Daniel Jones is 100% back. There's no way they're moving on from him. And as the year goes on, of course, there's a lot of football left. And, you know, we've seen some good, some bad from him. Lately, it hasn't been as good. But it's just like this arrogance from people that are like, oh, there's there's no chance they move off Daniel Jones. He's back next year. And I just want to give the other side of that argument because we have seen so many examples in the past in the NFL of quarterbacks that were in similar situations even though their team won and they were serviceable quarterbacks like Daniel Jones the teams still wanted improvements and upgrades and they tried to move on so we'll have that whole discussion we'll talk about some Joe Shane quotes from a couple weeks ago right now for me personally if the Giants do end up making the playoffs and you know get to 9 10 11 wins and Jones is a part of that and helping the team win I'm not opposed to bringing him back for another year. I, I do think with the draft pick being lower, it makes it harder to trade up, obviously. The Giants will have to give up more if they're picking like 23rd, 24th in the draft or something. It's going to be tough to trade up into the top five. So if it comes down to that, maybe bringing back Jones is not the worst idea. But of course, it matters about the cost. There are rumors that the Daniel Jones contract extension might be three years and $60 million, even $70 million. That's way too much for me personally. Maybe he shows he's worth that in the next six games or seven games, eight games, if you include the playoffs. But right now, at least, I would not give him that contract. So it's an interesting debate, discussion. So let me know in the comments, how do you feel about it? Do you think the Giants would be wise to start fresh? Do you think Joe Shane wants his guy, gets somebody in the draft or even trades for somebody? Do the Giants go with a stopgap guy in 2023? There's a lot of options. So let me know how you guys feel. Now, of course, a GM... And a guy like Joe Shane's a smart guy is never going to come out and say, I'm keeping this guy or I don't want to keep this guy. They're not going to fully show their hand. That's kind of why you have to look into the clues of these quotes and sometimes compare. And speaking of comparing, the way he spoke about Saquon Barkley, he was much more enthusiastic about that than when asked about Daniel Jones. Hear what he said about Saquon. We would like to keep him around here. I've told him I'd like him to be here. Now, when asked about the future of Daniel Jones... He's basically saying, oh, we have nine games left. At that time, there were nine games left. So here was a question asked by one of the beat reporters. You said you're going to have strategy meetings this week to talk about possible extensions for some guys. Have you made a decision on Daniel that you would like him to be here beyond this year? Joe Shane's answer, we've got nine games left. I mean, for all these guys, it's going to be a continuing evaluation. We'll talk through it, what the market looks like. We'll have those meetings, but it's going to be an ongoing evaluation. We've had Daniel for eight games. Now, in a Jordan Ronan article, the ESPN beat writer for the Giants, he said this in his article that came out a few days after. 
Shane said after the November 1st trade deadline, any extension talks not settled after the bye week would be tabled until the offseason, just not to have a distraction, so that's good. Daniel Jones said there was no contract talks between the organization and his representatives prior to Shane's self-imposed deadline. So if you're reading into it, it's telling you right there that Joe Shane has had no communication with Daniel Jones or his agent or anybody about a possible contract extension. They didn't even talk about it. And when Joe Shane talked about Saquon Barkley being here long-term, he had a much longer answer, and he seemed like he actually wanted Saquon to be here. When asked about Daniel Jones, he gave us the, uh, you know, we've only had him for nine games, and you know, there's a bunch of games left, and just kind of avoiding the question. But when asked about Saquon, it was like, yeah, I've had talks with Saquon before, as long as the prices match up, we want him back. He never really said that about Daniel Jones. And let's be honest and think about this from a big picture standpoint. When Joe Shane and even Brian Dable took this job, they had Daniel Jones three years into his NFL career. They've seen all the tape. They declined his fifth-year option, which was the first you know, giveaway right there. They give a decent sized contract to the backup quarterback, which I didn't mind. You know, Tyron Taylor is a very good backup quarterback and Daniel Jones has had durability issues. I don't mind it. But those two things right there, the contract declined or the fifth year extension declines and bringing in legitimate competition at the quarterback spot was pretty much the giveaway right away that they weren't that sold on him. They wanted a backup plan and they also wanted a way to get out if it didn't go well this year. And if Joe Shane was that high on Daniel Jones and really wanted him for the future and thought he was the long-term answer, don't you think they would have had some type of contract talks by now? Because if Joe Shane really believes in Daniel Jones and thinks he'll play better as the season goes on, he would rather sign him now rather than let him play the remainder of the season and let him get better possibly and drive up the price even more. Like if you're Joe Shane and you wanted to keep him, you would get the contract done during the bye week. But as the article said, there was not even communication between Daniel Jones and Joe Shane or, you know, Daniel Jones's camp. And in terms of like, you know, some people think that if uh, your team makes the playoffs, there's no way you can move off the quarterback. That's just not true. I mean, we've seen it so many times. Tyrod Taylor, a guy who's on this roster and from the organization that Joe Shane and Brian Dable just came from. The Bills in 2017, they made the playoffs for the first time in a long time. They went 9-7. and seven. They went to Jacksonville. They barely lost that playoff game, but they still they made the playoffs and Tyrod Taylor was like 28 years old he played good football that year probably put up similar numbers to what Daniel Jones is doing right now and guess what the Bills traded him they traded up in the draft and they got Josh Allen rest is history Case Keenum 2017 Vikings they go 13 and 3 that year with Case Keenum in his late 20s Keenum had a 67 completion percentage 22 touchdowns to seven interceptions 7.4 yards per attempt they even made it to the NFC championship game where they got destroyed by the Eagles but still the guy won a playoff game and went to the NFC championship game and they still said no nah, you can go you can move on he went to Denver they traded for Kirk Cousins Mitch Trubisky and the Bears I know Daniel Jones is better than Mitch Trubisky but still, that team made the playoffs with Mitch Trubisky twice in a span of three years. And they said, yeah, see ya. They traded up for Justin Fields coming off a playoff berth. And that trade, of course, was with the Giants, which led the Giants to get in Kadarius Tony. Jared Goff, 2020. The Rams went 10-6. and six. They won their first playoff game at Seattle. They beat the Seahawks. Then they go to Green Bay. They lose in the divisional round. And just two years prior, that same Rams team went to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff. And Goff was a young guy. He still is. And they still moved off of him for Matthew Stafford. And they knew that was an upgrade. And look what happens. Even guys like, you know, Baker Mayfield. He had a really good 2020 season showed the Browns that they can win with him. Then he gets hurt last year, has a down year. 
the, the Browns said, you know what, Baker's serviceable. We could win with him, but he's not going to get us over the top. We have to, you know, aim higher. And they trade for Deshaun Watson. Even Jimmy Garoppolo, who is still the starting quarterback for the Niners, which seems like a miracle because if he didn't have offseason surgery, they admitted they would have traded him by now. But even the Niners, they went to the Super Bowl in 2019 with Jimmy Garoppolo. They were a throwaway. He overthrew Emmanuel Sanders. If he caught that ball, the Niners might have won the championship that year. They still wanted to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo a year later. They trade up in the draft, give up a ton to get Trey Lance because they knew what they had in Jimmy Garoppolo. He was a really good system quarterback for that team. And playing with George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel and now even Christian McCaffrey, it makes their job a lot easier. But the Niners knew that they could do better at the quarterback position and get a guy with a higher ceiling that can do more on his own. And that's kind of the situation the Giants are in with Daniel Jones. I think Daniel Jones is a pretty good comp to Jimmy Garoppolo in a way, because if you put Jimmy Garoppolo on a bad team, you're probably going to get bad results. If you put Jimmy Garoppolo on an average team, you're probably going to get average results. And you can even argue against that because I know when Jimmy got traded to the Niners his first year, which I believe was the second half of 2018, Jimmy went 6-0. and And when he came to the Niners, they were like, one and nine that year so he like finished a year on a big winning streak but anyway maybe that was an outlier but he has proven he can win on a bad team before but as i was saying if you put jimmy on a really good team you can get really good results and put yourselves in the super bowl conversation but that is with a niners team that has great weapons probably the best in the football like what other teams have you know, Kittle, Ayuk, Debo, Christian McCaffrey, a stellar defense, a really good offensive line, you know, Trent Williams, McGlinchey, a great play caller slash head coach and Kyle Shanahan. There's so many things that had to go right for the Niners to get in this situation. So here's what I ask you guys that are opposed to drafting a quarterback or taking a shot on a quarterback with a higher ceiling. Is it easier to find a quarterback with high upside or is it harder to find a Debo Samuel, a Brandon Ayuk, a George Kittle, a great defense. You get what I'm saying here? Like there are so many things that have to go right to get the quarterback in the right position. I think we all can agree Daniel Jones in the right situation can win. I think he could do what Jimmy Garoppolo does, but that would mean the Giants would have to surround him with a team like the 49ers have. And that's not easy to build. Like people will say, oh, it's, you know, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. They don't grow on trees. And they're right. Those people are definitely right. But is it harder to find the next top 10 quarterback or harder to find a wide receiver one, a wide receiver two, a tight end, a great defense? Like that's so many different things. At least if you have the elite quarterback, they can make up for some of those deficiencies, quote unquote, on your roster. I don't think the Chiefs roster is completely great all around. There's flaws all the time. They've had bad defenses throughout the years. Josh Allen's never had an elite offensive line. Tom Brady, towards the end of his Patriots career, didn't have like a, you know, Randy Moss type guy. He he pretty much made Edelman into Edelman. I mean, Gronk was a great talent, yes, but like, you know, Danny Amendola, Chris Hogan, like these were guys that Tom Brady was throwing to and getting to Super Bowls with. So that's what I'm saying. I know people like are really opposed to the idea of getting a quarterback in the draft because it's easy to miss on a quarterback and like half of them bust even maybe more than that. But they also fail to realize that it's really hard. It's also like equally as hard to put an elite team around a quarterback. So it's like, would you rather take the shot on a quarterback and hit on the elite quarterback or just try to build your team and make the entire team great? Like it's not easy regardless. And Joe Shane is a a traits guy when it comes to quarterbacks. I think you guys probably have heard by now he was on the, the Peter Schrager podcast 
and he talked about Josh Allen having a game in college where Joe Shane was scouting him. And Josh Allen in that game had four interceptions. And Joe Shane said he gave Josh Allen a plus grade for that game. And people were looking at him like he had two heads. But Joe Shane came away saying, that kid Josh Allen has the tools to be great. Joe Shane didn't look at the four interceptions and say, no, that kid's trash. He looked at what he can do. He looked at the frame. He looked at the arm, looked at the ability to make throws on the run. And he said, that's a guy that we can build a football team around. And I'm not saying it was all Joe Shane. I know Brandon Bede and the rest of the front office had to agree on their quarterback, but still, the Bills got Josh Allen, the rest is history. So that should give you some insight on what type of quarterback Joe Shane wants. I know sometimes that um, Daniel Jones and Josh Allen, they are compared to each other. I don't see it. I know they're both 6'5", and they're white guys, and they, you know, both played it for Dable now. I guess sometimes their stats were comparable their first two years, but still. When you watch them play with your eyes, I don't think Daniel Jones is nearly as talented as, as Josh Allen. That's not even like a diss because 90% of quarterbacks in the league are not as talented as Josh Allen. Like I'm sure you guys saw that game on Thanksgiving where Josh Allen threw that ball up the seam to Stephon Diggs. Like That's a throw that only two or three guys can make in the entire world. But that is my point. If Joe Shane sees a quarterback that he thinks has a very high ceiling, I don't know who that could be. I know that the big name, of course, is Anthony Richardson at Florida, who has a lot of tools. I guess he could be inconsistent, maybe has too many turnovers, but you could look at the frame and the size and the arm strength of an Anthony Richardson and think, hey, we can make something out of him if we get him in the system, maybe sit him for a year like they did with Mahomes, and we can see what we have here. I think another big part of the Daniel Jones thing is the contract. If Daniel Jones was still on his rookie deal next year, I would say it's much more likely he's back, but the Giants would have to extend Jones for what apparently is a multi-year deal paying him over $20 million per year. Do you really think Joe Shane wants to do that? I think Shane's more focused on building the entire roster right now and getting his potential franchise quarterback on a rookie deal. I don't think he's worried about signing Daniel Jones for $25 million a year and putting in the pieces around him. I could be wrong, but that's just how I look at the situation. So I know it's wishful thinking, but if we can get Daniel Jones back on a one-year deal that would only cost us like... $15 million, I'd be fine with that. But I just think Daniel Jones is going to cost way more than that. And that's way more than I'm comfortable with personally. But honestly, whatever Joe Shane decides to do, because I trust the guy, I will get behind it. With Gettleman, it was tough to trust him sometimes. It felt like he was just doing stuff on the fly and didn't really understand the modern game. But with Joe Shane, I don't have those concerns whatsoever. He just came from a great organization. He's very prepared in his interviews. Like I do think Joe Shane's the real deal. And I think he knows his entire Giants tenure as the GM is going to come down to which quarterback he builds the team around. If he trades up for one this year, hypothetically, in the draft in April, and that guy flops, I mean, that might be it for him. So I think he realizes how big this is. Of course, he could buy more time and bring back Daniel Jones for another year, but it depends. Does he want to wait for the next class? Does he want to do it now? That's the million dollar question. If I had to guess, I would still think Joe Shane wants his own quarterback. I think the same thing about Brian Dable. They want their own guy. They didn't come here and say, oh, we get to work with Daniel Jones. This is why I'm taking the job. They wanted to come here because they wanted their own quarterback. And Jones is playing well for the most part and making that decision tougher for them. But it's not like Daniel Jones is in the um, MVP conversation or even the most improved player conversation. I don't even know if that's an award, actually. That might be basketball. I know there's a comeback player of the year. Is there a more, most improved player? I don't know. You guys let me know. I think Jones this year, and this is once again not a knock, he's been a high-end game manager. He has shown he can do some things on his own. 
you know, plays with his legs. He's made some really nice throws in games where they were off script or on the run, showing that he's more than just a typical game manager. And that's why I call him a high-end game manager, because for the most part, he plays within the structure of the offense. They give him some pretty easy plays for the most part, but he will make some plays sometimes that look special, but he doesn't do it very often. That's the problem. But so far through the first 11 games, I do think we have to see more. I don't think Joe Shane right now would give Daniel Jones the three-year $60 million contract. I just don't think it's happening. But there is a very important six games left, a lot of division games, so we'll get our answer eventually. I just hope that the Giants get in the playoffs and don't have an epic collapse because that would be tragic at this point because the draft pick is already not going to be that high. So it, it, I don't even care about the draft right now. At this point, you're 7-4. and four. I think you got to make the playoffs, you know? It's going to be tough. There's injuries, and they're facing adversity right now, but they just have to split with Washington, maybe win one or two more games, and they should be fine, but it's not going to be very easy. So anyway, that's going to do it for the video. I hope you guys enjoyed, and I'll talk to you guys next time.